This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. As ever I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we're joining you after Newcastle's 2-0 defeat to Arsenal on Sunday. Um, Just not a very good performance was it? We were all ready for a win. All ready for a win. (laughs) Last week we said they would win 2-1. Yeah. And then Newcastle then turn around and go do you know what? Nah. Nah. We're going to go back to that Newcastle of like last month where we basically weren't there. Yeah, honestly, I'm. I kind of feel like with the res- obviously the results, the performances have been so good recently. We've moved well clear of Fulham, and hopefully, we are going to be safe now, unless Fulham really pull off a miracle in the last four games. But since we're not mathematically safe, it's disappointing for me because it, it felt to me like we've kind of just taken our foot off the gas a bit. Yeah, it was almost. Well, obviously, we can't we can't actually describe how the psychology of the team was. <laughs> but I felt that Newcastle were all ready to take Arsenal. They were ready to beat them. The way they had been playing the last two weeks and the way Arsenal had been playing, Arsenal had just completely gone off the ball. Very really um, inconsistent. Yeah, but then so are Newcastle, aren't they? Yes, we've had two good two good results. And then obviously then that means we get a little bit of hope and just to throw it back in your face, they decide that, no, you know what, Newcastle are actually ball poo again um, I think we just reverted to that sort of passive yeah just sort of unimaginative way of playing and they cut through you like butter a warm knife through butter yeah I mean that obviously that Aubameyang goal was it was it was a good it was a really good finish it was good but, but like we, the whole build up play to that was far too easy for Arsenal yeah we, we didn't get in their faces enough also Arsenal haven't been doing that for the past month either yeah, and obviously at the other end of the pitch, I mean, as we said last week, Arsenal had only came into the game with only two clean sheets in the last 14 league games. And yet we only mu- managed to muster one shot on target. <laughs> like they're, they're there. Yeah. They were there for the taking at the back in terms of, you know, we know that they're not very good at keeping clean sheets. They would have been there to be got at to maybe get a goal or two. And we just didn't even really try I felt that much yeah I mean you do have an abysmal record against them obviously one win 17 defeats in the last 18 meetings but the way the front three had been playing so Almiron San Maximan and Jolington should have at least got a goal and then with, Callum with the Wilson way they've been playing yeah. and Callum Wilson was back yeah and they, none of them really got involved I mean Almiron's excellent header off the line I mean he must have as many saves as Debravka at this point. <laughs> yeah, you can't um, have a word break, can you? But going forward, there was just... Nothing. There was nothing. It was just... And at, at the back as well, I mean, as we said, cutting through us, and I mean, this has been a bit of a problem now. A stat I took from the BBC here. Newcastle, we've only managed to actually keep one clean sheet now in our last 21 Premier League games at home. 
which was the nil-nil against Liverpool in December. I mean, that's that's real at home as well. That's really poor. It's kind of embarrassing for the club and for the fans, especially. It, as, as we've just said, the the hope that you've had recently, and obviously that I share, just not to the same degree, because you know I, I can't, I, I can't it, honestly can't say that I feel it as much as any other any proper Newcastle fan. But mm. you know that that was that was a game that if you'd won, you could probably you know wipe the sweat off your brow and think, do you know what? You know we've probably got this. Yeah. But now we're right back in it. You've got some tough games, and then we've got your final two make or break. Effectively, we were all ready to say we were safe, um, and that Newcastle would make it this year. But now, once again, you're scratching your head a little bit because if this is how Newcastle are going to play for the rest of the games, I mean, the last thing we want to do is leave the door open for Fulham. That said, still nine points clearer than four games left. I know, but I think can we just, Fulham get three wins? Probably not. We're but just pessimistic. I don't want to give them the chance. That's it. I don't we're pessimistic by nature, and Newcastle haven't exactly done anything to yeah. get rid of this pessimism or this lack of faith um, just get in it their over ability. The line. Yeah, it's just. It's a right shame. Yeah. I was all positive for you. Last week, I even forced you to give me a prediction. <laughs> and that's gone tits up. <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to see us, as I say, I just want to see us get over the line, get another couple more points. Or, as I said, one more win would definitely do it, I think. And I'm, just really, then then you can relax. Until, you've, until you are fully safe, don't take your foot off the pedal, is what I would say. And I think that is what Newcastle like they were doing there on Sunday. If but. Newcastle had pushed Arsenal, Arsenal would have broken. I mean, don't get me wrong, Arsenal's um, front three played very well. The the crosses into the box were excellent and caused you a hell of a lot of trouble. I don't think um, you defended, I don't think Newcastle defended as well as they could have. They just kind of didn't close them down quick enough. Maybe that was lazy. Don't get me wrong, obviously, that they've got a lot of pace in the Arsenal team. So, you know, it's, it's understandable. But, I mean, I think the only person on that pitch um, who really enjoyed watching the match was, of course, Mike Dean. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was a great performance from Mike Dean. Uh, oh, do you mean every enough. performance from Mike Dean is amazing? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> that he man, is a performer. That man <laughs> is, is the number one footballer in the world, according to Mike Dean. <laughs> I mean, it, it was nice to see Fabian share back. Uh, and then, you know... Obviously, we didn't think he was going to play again this season after getting that nasty injury. Comes back and then, see, well, final few minutes, got himself sent off. Now, I mean, it was, it, it's it not was the worst. A bad tackle. It's not the worst red card in the world. I think. I think really it was a yellow. I, I think it was a yellow, especially. I think what rubs me the wrong way with it, with it is that he gets a straight red for that, and Granite Xhaka gets to stay on the pitch when I think he probably should have been sent off. For, you know when he body basically body checked Sean Longstaff, having already been on a yellow card, which itself arguably could have been a red. I think he was a bit fortunate. Yeah, and- I mean it did look it did look very bad though. Don't get me wrong; he went straight through the back of him on the floor. Arguably uncontrollable. I mean, do you think Newcastle will appeal this? Because we've seen that a lot with in other matches. I it probably won't get rescinded. May, maybe, but as I say, it's not the worst one in the world. Personally, I think a yellow would have been more appropriate. 
And if it had been a yellow, as the commentator said, I'm not sure VAR would have challenged it either. So it's one of those. Um, and it was at the end of the game, didn't really change it. No, but I mean, if you give Mike Dean the opportunity to give a red card, he, he's yes, going he will, he to give a red it. card. Uh, you, you know, Char was on the floor, sliding in from behind. It, it was, was never. Challenge. It was never going to be not a card. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, it wasn't even like he mistimed it. No, he just went straight through the back of him. So obviously that was always going to be a card. Arguably uncontrollable. Um, if that was a tackle against Leicester, I would be calling for a red card all day. <laughs> um, obviously that is bias, but I don't think you I don't can think be. It was that bad. No, but I don't think you can be too mad. I do, I do understand the frustration, obviously with with um, with Xhaka, but and actually just going back to Xhaka, I think what was also frustrating just from a, a Newcastle perspective is that then when when he had that first yellow card, we didn't run at him enough either. No, and he's, try and force him into he, making challenges where he might get sent off. Run at him, make him make tackles. Making risk giving fouls away. And he is one of those players that would do that. And you have Sam Maxman, obviously, and you exactly. can have the players to irritate the hell out of him. And he is a bit of a hothead at times. And he's yeah. he's more than willing to uh, get down and dirty, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, maybe a missed opportunity there. I don't think you could be too mad. I mean, it was quite it was quite fun watching, like. Uh, the attempts from Newcastle from uh, sorry not really well a San Maximum would have been quite good if it had gone in but the the attempts from um, all the players in Arsenal trying to go for goal of the month there <laughs> just just smashing it I, I, didn't, I, I didn't really no it wasn't no but you've got to take some you've got, we can't just have this as a depressing thing this is not <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want people going to like the Samaritans or you know like after this so we've got to try and look oh, for yeah, some no, for another magpies unrestricted there listener. we go yeah. that's it they've gone third one this month I yeah. know yeah <laughs> how, how the Newcastle survives the city I don't know um, <laughs> I'm sorry that sounds like I'm making light of them I am not I'm just saying we should take some some small glimmer of uh, humour from the Abysmal match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not one that I think is going to live too long in the memories, even for Arsenal fans, to be honest. No, no. I mean, for them, obviously, for, for an Arsenal fan, you'll be glad you've just got a result because, yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to be an Arsenal fan either at the moment. And actually, speaking of Newcastle and Arsenal, it was a bit of a notable week for both teams in that the Premier League Hall of Fame was, was opened, of course, and first two inductees, who else but Alan Shearer and Thierry Henry. And, I mean... To be fair, you're not going to start with anyone else, are you? No. I feel Heskey needs to go in there just because Heskey. Oh, he'll find his place. He, yeah. <laughs> He'll always get in there eventually. Do you remember on the old FIFA games when I swear they never allowed Heskey to score? <laughs> I, I think I could have sworn it was programmed in. You could be right next to it. Right next to it and he just put it outside. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think... See, just focusing more on Alan Shearer here... Uh, I know it's weird to say, considering obviously he's the Premier League all-time top goal scorer, 260 goals, obviously, and let's face it, well clear of everyone else. Though I think Omri probably would have got close or possibly even overtaken him had he stayed at Arsenal and not left for Barcelona. But I think some people, certainly maybe younger people these days, I think I think they probably forget just how good a player he was. They just all they just see him as a as a pundit on match of the day. They never saw yeah. him in action. By God, he was a force of nature up front. 
wow, hero worshipping coming full force now. But no, I agree. I agree. But I do know you were going to gush all over him. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to I'll pull you back. I'll pull you back. I mean, but... you won't. You 100% won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but just, you know, the, the speed, the power. <laughs> this, is, this is sounding like a very different podcast now, Christopher. I think you need to put it back a little bit. Um, but <laughs> I, think, I think the thing is, in the 90s, it was a very different game. And this makes me feel really old. Like really old, but it was a, it was a different game. Uh, the players like Henri, who was much more finesse, and Shearer was much more much more of a direct force. Mm. The physicality of it was very different again, and Shearer was one of those players who doesn't matter what anything anyone threw at him, he would continue to play you know blood gushing from his head on multiple occasions yeah. <laughs> he probably could have broken an arm and he would have still played it's a different generation wasn't it yeah we see say that as if you were involved if either of us were involved in any form of professional sport ever or even well, no, but, yeah, the, yeah, but it these was were the players we sort of grew up watching as kids and yeah you know uh and the way he sort of reinvented himself after some major injuries which obviously because again, people I think forget when he was younger, he was he was pretty quick actually. Maybe not as fast as maybe Thierry Henry was, but he was he was he was a quick player in his own right. And then, you know, the injuries took that away. And and for some players, that's sort of it for them. But the way he sort of reinvented himself and so it did become a sort of classic English number nine. Yeah. And obviously, it does pay me to say it, but if he hadn't have played for Newcastle, he got two hundred and sixty Premier League goals. If he'd have actually, if he'd have, for example, gone to Man United, as he, as we know, we all know, obviously, how he, he turned them down. But you know, if he had gone to a club like that, he probably could have got another hundred goals. Instead, he was spent half of his career playing in, let's face it, somewhat average Newcastle teams. But I don't know if you could call them somewhat average, especially in comparison to now. You were always in contention oh, for something. Don't get me wrong. We were you, a lot you better did, than now, but you did a Tottenham every single time and <laughs> threw it away at the last minute. But no, I don't. I, I think I think you're a good team, and you're a team that he obviously really felt for and believed in. Oh no, I'm forever grateful that he did come to us and that he did stick with us through thick and thin. Um, yeah. And going to his testimonial is one of my favourite footballing memories. Even though, uh, as I'm sure you all remember, he was actually injured, so he couldn't even actually play. <laughs> in his own testimonial, he did come on and score a penalty towards the end. And unfortunately, that was the only contribution he was actually able to make because, as we said, he, he had that serious injury. But I've still got the scarf. And yeah, it's definitely <laughs> one of my favourite football memories. Yeah. Going to that, driving all the way up from Warrington, my dad took us, picked us up from school, straight up to Newcastle. No, not and an easy... For, for those people who aren't aware of uh, the... the, the um, the, the geography of, of the UK very well, even from Manchester or Warrington, it, it's still a three-hour drive to Newcastle. In fact, even down south where we are, it's probably just as quick because the roads up north to and from each other, I swear the government does not want them to communicate in case they become a mass force. So good luck getting anywhere by car or train at any form of speed up north. <laughs> so... Just, just, knows, to, just to let as aware. Back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who would, who else would you? You've had obviously had now got a Newcastle legend in there. Who else do you believe would deserve a spot in this Premier League Hall of Fame? Because we all know at some point bloody Ronaldo's going to be in there. Yeah, probably, even though he 
He doesn't. I'm not sure he really deserves one. I mean, no. don't get me wrong, he was great for Man United while he was here, but he, I don't think he stuck around long enough personally that I would. I, I agree. I, I think. There. And don't get me wrong, he did what was right for him. He used it as a base. He played, he performed very well, as we've said, and then moved on. We all know Thierry Henry obviously moved on as well, but he did spend a large amount of time of, of his career. Oh, here. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Thierry Henry, when you think about him, he is one of those iconic Premier League players. Mm. Who would I put in next? Um... I feel Nugent needs a place. <laughs> I do feel Nugent needs a place. I mean, anyone who can come on and score that goal and then Fair. never, ever play for just England put, again. Just put Nugent in and then just close it. Yeah, that's all that's needed, Nugent. He's got 100% record for England. No one <laughs> mock him. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, well, there's so many players you could have. I think, obviously, Wayne Rooney's going to oh, have a place yeah, in there very obviously. soon. Obviously. I think sticking on a well, a sort of Man United and Newcastle theme. I think Andy Cole, yeah. obviously, is one of the other as one of the other Premier League scorers who's who's up there. Andy Cole is going to be in. We all know Lampard will be in there. Or yeah, Lampard, whether Gerard, or not, you whether know, or not John they're going, Terry, oh, the Ferdinands and the Nevilles. Yeah, certainly Gary Neville. Probably, well, I mean, Phil Neville might make it. Skulls. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Dwight you, York. You can have basically three. any notable Man United player. Vardy. To be fair, I think eventually... He deserves a place, man. Come on. I mean, he'll, it'll be a long time, but he will definitely have a place some, in there in the future. I mean, I mean I'm sorry, over, no, Premier, can, over 100 he, Premier League goals, he's still going Premier League title to his name. He's late got, bloomer. He, well, I mean, he was, what, 27 when he first played in the Premier League? Yeah, I think it's to, 28 was his first goal, I feel. And by the time he finishes his career, he, he could easily have... 120, 150. But you could Premier double it up. Goals. You could double it up because you could put his right near the WKD stand. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know football fans love WKD. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking here, contact me. Contact me, Premier League Hall of Fame. Got Game some touch. ideas. I've got some ideas. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan, where's Morgan? He used to go in there. Absolute rock. <laughs> no one thought he could do anything. <laughs> I, I mean, I think actually we, we've missed the big one here. Go on. Shola. Shola Amiobi, the Mackham Slayer. <laughs> Na- nailed on, listeners. Nailed on. You've heard it here first. <laughs> oh, no, you know, you've got to get the Schmeichels. Both of them. And I both think, Schmeichels. I think both of them place. would go in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> father and... In fact, they were probably... That I can think of. I think they'd be the only father and son. <laughs> what was that joke? I can't remember who said it now, but someone said Schmeichel obviously got his um, Premier League title with Man United. Um, and then everyone wanted, obviously, Gerard to get one. However, Schmeichel managed to conceive a, conceive a son. The son then grew up and become <laughs> a goalkeeper who then ended up playing for Leicester City, who then still won... Uh, a Premiership title, all before and all before Gerard or Liverpool even managed to win a Premier League title. So yeah, yeah, well done, well done. Cast the Schmeichel one, Stephen Gerrard nil. The, the Schmeichel, the Schmeichel seed. <laughs> oh dear. And just uh, yeah, moving on to some other news now. As we sort of touched on a few weeks ago, we do have confirmation now that that penultimate game of the season. So for us, that's at home to Sheffield United. They're going to be played midweek on the 18th and 19th. So 19th for us against Sheffield United. And that means that we can actually get fans in the stadium just in time for the end of the season, basically, which I think is is going to be really... I mean, it's, it's, well, it's almost going to be a bit weird, but it's going to be so good, I think, seeing the fans. 
back in the stadium again. Yeah, it'd be interesting because we've all got so used to your fake, you know, the, the, the fake crowd noise. If, mm. if, if you've chosen that option or if you just can't bother to change the channel to a silent one because we've all done that. It, I wonder if it'll make a difference. It will be nice to see it make a difference. I'm hoping that, well, we all know that Newcastle fans are still going to be very mad at Ashley anyway. And Steve Bruce. And, and Bruce. And, and to be fair... As, 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 as well as we picked up in, in recent weeks, uh, Sunday's match being the exception, of course, they shouldn't be let off the hook for this. And I think I think fans will have absolutely every right, the ones who do manage to actually get into St. James's Park for that game against Sheffield United, I think they've got every right to show their displeasure because, let's face it, it's not been a fun season. I know we are probably almost certainly going to stay up now and yeah, there's been some good performances here and there. And, and we all know, as we've said many times, that injuries haven't helped as well. But it has not been a fun season. No, no. I, and I feel that whenever we get a good result for any team, but obviously for Newcastle, when when there is a positive result, that's all we focus on for, for obvious reasons. But it is important not to forget how badly Newcastle have been managed Financially, in terms of they've not done well for what Newcastle should be doing. They should have brought in some more players um, and, how- and all that stuff. But how badly have been managed on the pitch, off the pitch, all of the above? Yeah, I mean, how easily we could have gone down in other circumstances. Let's face Definitely. it, how frankly dire it looked for a lot of the season. And lucky. Lucky. I know that Newcastle have had a lot of injuries and you could argue that oh, it's clearly Steve Bruce's ma- managing and, and, and coaching that's enabled Newcastle to come back. And we don't really have anything to disprove that. But I think we all know the answer is you just kind of chuck people on and they're just those individual players brought up the team and the mm. team is then gelled from that. I can't. I don't feel that anyone could actually say Steve Bruce had anything to do with that. So you could argue that it's luck that the players who were on the pitch decided, you know what? enough of this and actually went out and played and also hopefully those fans might get to see Newcastle seal safety if they can beat Sheffield United on that day because I'll be honest I don't see us getting any more points before then because next up as we're going to talk about now <laughs> Newcastle travel to Leicester yeah! on Friday <laughs> <laughs> I mean you've clearly planned you going away um back up north for this time because listeners we will both be watching this but I'll be watching this where we live now and Christopher will be watching this back up in Warrington um, I feel that this distance maybe isn't far enough um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things I, I it's like a, it's a two-edged sword actually because I feel that Leicester yes I, I mean you can go through the stats, Chris. How many times in the last in the last couple of matches have Newcastle won? So I've gone through and counted this, and since- this is favourite job, by the way, counting how many times Newcastle have not won <laughs> against any other team. It's not quite Arsenal bad, but it's not it's not great. It's only from 2014 as well, so you know. So yeah, so since Leicester came up in 2014, we've played 13 times in all competitions. Newcastle have won three. And lost the other ten. It's not. It's not been a great 
time against Leicester. But we always, I always feel that we struggle against Newcastle. I don't. Yeah, well, sometimes we don't. Okay, but do you remember that goal with Okazaki when it was like proper nil-nil for ages and then like the last minute Okazaki did a bicycle kick? Oh my God, no, Okazaki deserved that kick. (laughs) We did not deserve to lose that game and that that was the season we went down and you won the title. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, we'll go go back to it. I don't think Leicester have been playing great recently. I think we have been lazy and then come back into it into the second half. You have that's. I mean, you have been back on form though since those losses to Man City and West Ham in April. I mean, you weren't I great feel, last time out against Southampton. I feel we've not been brilliant. You've been winning games. We've been winning games. We've I been envy winning games. that position of being able to win games and then I go. Do, oh, I, don't I do, but it makes me feel nervous because, as I say, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, on paper, we one hundred percent should win this match. Well, <laughs> However, I know Newcastle will be tricky, and if you run at us. Yeah, I know. Well, okay, if San Maximan runs at us, forget <laughs> Newcastle, if San Maximan runs at us, it could be tricky because we've got big, heavy centre-backs and you've got teeny-weeny forwards and wingers. But yeah, I, I don't have much faith here. I mean, our one saving grace is that you'll have your eye on the FA Cup final the following weekend. But but we play be... a steady team no matter what. And you're going to be desperate to hang on to your top four place, obviously, especially after last season. And... With that in mind as well, I mean, obviously every game you want to win now from this point on to secure that. But also we are your basically your last quote-unquote easy game of the season because after us you've got Man United, Chelsea, Chelsea. and Tottenham. And Chelsea because of the FA Cup as well. Yeah. I mean, you also got the league count. and then Tottenham. So Also, we need to beat Tottenham. We, I, can't, I cannot we look Joe in the face without beating Tottenham. We are your best chance to get three points now for the rest of the season. Now, don't get me wrong, you're Leicester. You've had a great season. You've you've got a good chance of winning any of those games, but we are obviously your most winnable game left. You're not going to want to pass that opportunity up. And as we said, we have a pretty terrible record. So I'm not feeling good at all about our chances on Friday. Yeah. Sorry we've to bring it got, down again, listeners, but... We've still got Madison, who is on and off with injury because he had, a, had another niggle in the last match. So... He might miss out because they'll want to make sure that he's exactly, fit for the final. Exactly. So we've got that. It's going to be weird because we've got Perez. And I assume Perez will be playing. he potentially play all match if Madison is, is still injured. And Yeah, and he'll probably come back to Hunters and score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, I know he has played against Newcastle before for Leicester. And he has come on and done really well. And he's had quite a good season considering the competition he's had to get into the team. He's maintained like a... a pretty steady presence so we can only hope I mean it, you know positive you can produce good players Perez was quite good yeah, and then you and then yep yep buys them all yep yep but I mean like I mean come on can you blame him I'm sorry listeners I'm really sorry <laughs> <laughs> to be fair 30 million was a good price yeah I know yeah we, we overpaid <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you will see or rather you will hear the joy in my voice. Next weekend, when <laughs> Kara spends 30 minutes gloating at me. And that's the entirety of the podcast. Yeah. This is, this is what I hope will happen anyway. There'll be nothing good to say about Newcastle, and I'll try and fill everyone with joy about Leicester. In the meantime... <laughs> in the meantime, if you could, please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review. That would be absolutely fantastic. 
Until next time, <laughs> which I am in no way dreading, this has been Magpies Unrestricted, and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. We best bloody win, though, because I will be pissed off now. I don't think I'll be thanking you at the end of next week's show, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've built this up. Okay, uh, my prediction is that it will be a draw, and I'm hoping not to tempt the fates. I'm predicting a 2-0 Leicester win. I really hope it's that. <laughs> it probably will be. <laughs> anyway, until next time. Thanks, Cara. Thank you. No worries. And thanks again, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.